Hello, welcome to Serenity Wellness Podcast. My name is Nicole White, and I'll be your host for this podcast series. This series is dedicated to helping you tap into your full potential of how you can heal and balance your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Together, let's explore inner self, connect to our strength, and manifest your true nature, one full of love, purpose, and passion. Welcome to episode four. Welcome back to those of you who have been following me on this new journey and welcome to those of you who are new. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Uh, Thanks again for all your support and for your encouragement and for sharing this podcast with others to help spread the word and just get these tools and techniques out there for people to build their own wellness toolbox. So thank you again. I, as always, greatly appreciate it in my heart and soul. I hope you guys are finding some connection to breath. We've worked on, you know, moving that breath down into the the diaphragm, uh, as well as how you can use breath to give a bit of space in thinking and and doing and impulse control, and then also uh, maybe some of those mindfulness tools that we started to work on on Mindful Monday, and hopefully some of you have been able to take that opportunity and give yourself permission to take a mindful shower or drink a mindful cup of tea or coffee. I had a delicious cup of coffee this morning from Inglebean Coffee House, uh, which is in Milheim. You should check them out if you haven't already. Uh, But also I was able to grind the coffee up this morning, so really tapping into that aroma that it adds to the air before I went through the whole other part of the process. So uh, mindful shower or coffee or tea. Hopefully someone uh, or some of you were able to enjoy some of that. So today what we're going to look or talk about today in episode four is a little bit more about what your thoughts have to do with the things that we're going to be building on and learning and tools and techniques that you're going to be potentially adding to your wellness toolbox uh, along this journey. So with today, uh, you know, in, in looking at thoughts, if you think back to episode two when we looked at that anxious body cycle and how everything's kind of collaborating, communicating together and escalating our internal uh, kind of response and crisis center. And so one of those areas, if you remember in that loop was our thoughts and how our thoughts can start racing and start creating stories and what ifs and and all of that. And so we're going to through you know the next uh, couple weeks here, start diving a little bit deeper into what that means in that cycle itself. The thoughts, what they do uh, in our physical and emotional body, or, and and how that taps into some alternatives of how you might connect and how you might think, and what that could look like in your everyday life. We talked uh, mindful Monday. We talked a little bit about being the observer versus the participator of our thoughts. You know, we have over sixty thousand thoughts a day. And if we're participating in all of those, not only is it exhausting, but it's also has a pretty profound impact on our physical being. You know, many of us have probably heard about the placebo effect. That's when uh, in research they give, uh, you know, a control group, they'll give them the placebo Uh, So it's like a sugar pill. And then, you know, the other group will get the actual medication, whatever it is that they're they're testing or or looking at. And percentage-wise, I mean, there's been tons of research on this, so I can't give you an exact percentage because it, you know, varies. But uh, so many participants in that control group who are only receiving the placebo, so it's a sugar pill, has no medication in it, are actually experiencing the benefits as though they 
took the medication, and that's because the mind uh, is so powerful. It's one example. Another, it actually has a term for it. It's called medical student syndrome, and that it's some of the research, again, there's been a lot of studies that look at this, but some of the research is as high as 70 to 80% of medical students in, it's usually their third years when it really starts spiking, they start having psychosomatic symptoms where they start thinking that they're having the ailments that they are researching uh, in their medical journey in medical school. I know myself as well as many of the other students in my cohort, and I'm sure it's happened among many other cohorts uh, in graduate school and even other professionals I talk to in my field uh, also have experienced this. And that's when you start diving deeper in grad school in the realm of psychology and the mind and, and you know, what are, uh, you know, diagnosed or disorders or I just don't really kind of use those terms in my work with people. I just see things often more as patterns. There's certainly, uh, you know, there's certainly some uh, situations where our brain also correlates with maybe more of a diseased model in some elements. But again, I just, my way of kind of connecting and working with people is just more from a naturalistic, holistic way of how do we rework and rewire the system. But again, that's just my way, and there's many different ways out there of, of treatment and helping others to heal. So anyway, uh, the medical student syndrome and how, uh, yes, that's where I was with my own journey in grad school. I know that many of us, you know, when we started diving deeper in psychology and like especially the abnormal psych classes uh, that you start taking in, in grad school, you start thinking like, oh man, I've got that. I uh, have that. And so, you know, we would often talk about that, like, whoa, once you start diving into these symptoms and all that kind of stuff we can easily think ourselves into having uh, think ourselves into feeling and that can elevate so much that we even think ourselves into experiencing where we'll have like the physical pain in our body and all that kind of stuff so those are just a couple examples there's you know a lot of different examples out there in research in terms of that but we can also look at research there's a Japanese scientist he passed in I think 2014 uh, but his name was Masaru I believe I'm hopefully pronouncing that right, uh, Masara Omoto. And he did tons of research where he looked at water molecules and put them under a microscope and looked at how we can change water molecule structure based off thought or word. So he believed and researched about how human consciousness can affect the structure and components of water molecules. And so when he did this, he had either uh, people meditate on this water or say certain words to it. And there's books out there. You can look up his books and stuff. Uh, there's books out there where he takes pictures of the difference. And like those that were vibrated uh, thought or word that had to do with kindness or love or compassion or healing or all the, you know, sunshiny stuff, they were beautiful. And then those water molecules that were given thought Again, it could just be a thought meditating towards it or a word that had to do with more, you know, uh, yucky energy of like hate and anger. The structure was like dark and not dark. I mean, it's a water molecule, but you know what I mean? Like it was yucky. <laughs> so that's the best way to describe it. Uh, but look up the pictures. They're all over and I'll try to uh, provide some links here in the notes uh, today. So with his research, he looked at the water molecules and structure, again, through either thought or word. And then he took this further. He, you know, many people, and that's why I, I mentioned a little in 
each episode about research because many people like the science behind it. It just helps us connect the mind into what's called wise mind, but that's a whole different segment down the line. But it helps us kind of bring in that concrete science mind with a little bit more of the emotion mind to get into wise mind. So a lot of people like that combination or, you know, those who are more science minded, it helps them to bring in a little bit more of the emotion mind to help in the understanding of all of this. So uh, Mr. Emoto, he then took this research further. A lot of people have redone this. And so with this first part, he took like three mason jars or some sort of jar like that. And then he put a cup of white rice in each jar and then filled it so that water would cover the rice. So for 30 days, the first jar, he would say a kind word to. The second jar, he said a mean word to. And then the third jar, he completely ignored. So he did this for 30 days. And at the end of the 30 days, the first jar of rice that he was kind to was white rice. You could probably eat it. The second jar that he was mean to was all moldy. And the third jar that he ignored was so moldy that it was like growing up the jar and trying to get out of the lid. So many people have redone that. You know, you can even maybe consider doing it yourself at home. Uh, So that was one experience that he did to help us really see in our eyes too what we are doing to ourselves every day. If we have over 60,000 thoughts a day, think how many words we speak. Think of uh, what some of those thoughts and words sound like. And are we making ourselves moldy? If we can do that to rice and we can do that to water and we are actually over, I don't know, 70% water, it might even be higher than that. uh, Are we making ourselves moldy? The way we think, the way we speak to ourselves and to others. So... That's why we're going to start diving a little bit deeper into how we think because it's so important. Some schools, there's been several, so I can't tell you exactly where they're at and stuff like that. And maybe if you work in a school, this would be a cool thing to bring to your own school. So schools are helping, uh, they're furthering this research by uh, Mr. Emoto and looking at, they brought in plants and they had elementary school students speak to the one plant in a nice way. And then the second plant, they bullied. And that plant died. Dead. So it was such a profound, and these this, that plant stuff is still happening in schools. Um, and again, maybe you might be able to bring it to your school if you work in a school. But it was such a, a profound understanding for students, you know, in the elementary level, to have this concrete awareness of, man, what is bullying doing? I just killed a plant you know, poor plant, but, you know, they just killed a plant because they were mean to it. So there's all kind of different ways that people are tweaking this research and amazing uh, results that Dr. Mr. Modo has helped us to start tapping into. So when we look at this, we can think of this notion of what research is showing us in terms of thoughts and words and the awareness that that brings to us that every thought and every word carries a vibration. Every thought and every word. You can think of it in terms of uh, when you start having a couple thoughts. It's like kind of at the base of the ground. It's kind of down there with the grass. And then you start building on those thoughts and you start building the trunk of a tree. And then those 
thoughts start getting even deeper. And so now this trunk is starting to grow larger and these thoughts are starting to splinter out into other thoughts because now they remind you of that time back then or the other time you didn't do this, that, or the other, or the time you had that conversation. It's just, you know, they start splintering off into a a ton of different ways, you know, depending on you and where you go. So now you have not only this thick trunk that you've built, you have the branches that are all of these you know, thoughts that are here, there, and everywhere. And sometimes people will actually kind of branch out even further and further. And now these roots of the tree have to get deeper and stronger to hold this tree that you're building in your thoughts. And those roots signify the emotion and how rooted we become in where we take ourselves, in the way that we think. Sometimes people will even take it out further and their tree will start to pollinate trees around them and suddenly they're stuck in a forest and they have all these deep roots and all these emotions that are all tangled in together and they're not even sure where they came from and in the present moment in front of them, everything is fine and they are safe and they feel okay, but they've taken themselves in their mind into this forest with all these emotions that really have nothing to do with the present moment like we've talked about uh, during Mindful Monday. So this idea of this tree building or this idea of molding ourselves and what are we actually doing to ourselves in our everyday life and what we might begin to bring into our awareness, especially with you know, starting to incorporate this everyday mindfulness that we're gonna keep working on. But the more we become aware, it's so empowering because these things, they're just thoughts. And if we can begin to have more awareness, then we begin to become more the observer and then the vibration is not building these trees that we can't even figure out the emotion and how it got created. So with this, what I'm going to talk to you then about today is just starting to look at words. And we're going to build upon this in a lot of episodes uh, in the future and and how this has to do with many different things. But we're just going to start today with looking at some word cycles that we often will use in our everyday life in communication towards ourselves, but also communication with others. So when I begin to go through these, the way that you're going to allow this to do some imprinting for yourself and open up this door of awareness or this folder of awareness through the next week until we uh, talk again further about this next on next Wednesday's episode. But this is going to help you to open up this awareness for yourself, which for some people it gets a little overwhelming initially because we're like, man, I just thought that again or there's that word again. But at the same time, it is super empowering because once you're aware, you have the opportunity for change. When we walk around blindly, we just don't. And so, you know, again, this practice is about awareness, being mindfully aware to allow ourselves the opportunity to heal ourselves through just these slight changes that create different patterns, different cycles, which create different neural network pathways and all this cool stuff that happens even within our brain when we do this stuff. It's just about change and allowing ourselves permission to do that change. Because if we don't attach to every thought and every word, first off, as the observer, you know, if we're not attaching and participating, then we're not downloading. And you can think about it in terms of like a computer And if you just put code out there and you never hit enter, well, then the code is just a bunch of jibber jabber and and doesn't really make sense of anything. But once you hit enter, then the computer gets it and now it becomes something. 
sometimes people will talk about this further when we look more at emotion regulation and fear of emotion and going from primary to secondary emotion. But uh, sometimes, you know, we can get a little bit uh, heated <laughs> in our emotion. I, myself, I will uh, own it. Uh, back in the day, I was not the best with my anger management uh, skills and would get a little heated. I've worked on that a lot uh, over the past 20 years or so. So I feel like I'm much better with that. But yes, not so much, you know, uh, in my 20s. And with that, you know, some people, and myself included, uh, we can still struggle with that. And it's an example of this idea of download in that area is, you know, sometimes when we can get a little bit heated or uh, frustrated, etc., we might start sending a text message or we might respond or start sending an email out that has some words in it that are probably going to kind of discombobulate us in life a little bit further, that they're actually probably going to escalate the situation. And sometimes people can go for the jugular, especially in text messages or words towards people we care about the most. And, you know, if we never hit send, you know, sometimes we allow ourselves to pause, recognize, and delete. Well, that other person doesn't have to experience that vibration of what we were trying to put out there to them. We still do, and we still have to work through that, but that's one of those opportunities of the pause of like, whoa, okay, what just happened? What was that about for me right there? How do I cool down my system a little so I can actually effectively communicate what's going on for me? Because most times, not always, but most times when we get into that elevated state, of that heated emotion, that's actually our secondary emotion. Often, you know, it's more about we're hurt, we're sad, we're anxious, anxiety, and anger go so hand in hand. But anyway, that's a whole nother topic and, and segment. The point of that was all about this pause and observe. And if we're not participating, then we're not downloading. And so today we're going to look at thoughts or excuse me, words that we use. And again, we might recognize we use them a lot at first, but this awareness allows change and then we're not downloading those words any longer because we're not participating with them, if that makes sense, hopefully. So today's words. When I say these words and explain to you, it's kind of like two different uh, categories, if you would, of words I'm going to share with you today. When I share these words with you, I'm going to explain to you some things they create when we use them in self, in emotion, and then when we use them towards others in communication. After I explain this, again, in your own mind, just catalog and, and become aware if these are words you use and give yourself in your mind one or two examples of how you use it. So that will be for each category. What that's going to do is help you open up this folder of awareness over the next week, which again, you might initially notice you use these words a lot, super, super common, but it's going to bring empowerment then because it's just a thought. It's just a word and there's, I don't know, I'm not good at that kind of stuff, but I think there's a lot of words in the dictionary so we can choose some other ones if we want that have a more beautiful vibration. So category one, category one is our nevers, evers, always. I'm never going to feel better. Nothing ever goes right in my life. You always do that. I always do that. This always happens. So the never, ever, always. When we use those words towards ourselves, we give up. We're defeated. 
we feel hopeless. We feel helpless. If it's always going to happen, what's my opportunity for change? How am I ever going to feel better if it's always happening? It's never going to change. Just think about that. If we're telling ourselves that, what, you know, what, what motivates us? We already feel like there's no hope. There's no plan. It's not like I could set a goal and it's going to change because it's never going to change, right? So never, ever, always. Hopeless, helpless, defeated, depression, anxiety. When we use it towards others in communication, it usually doesn't go too well. If you're saying to a friend or your partner or family member, you never listen. Do they truly never listen? You're probably going to get a defensive response back or it's going to take the communication in a whole different pathway that has nothing to do with actually what you're trying to express, share, and bring a mutual understanding about. So these words, when we communicate them in a way to try to have an understanding of what we're feeling or what we're thinking, when we use them with others, we are usually not very effectively communicating what we are thinking or what we are feeling. So be on the lookout for the nevers, evers, always. And then again, catalog in your own mind one or two examples if you are one who uses those words, ways that you use them. Category two is the shoulds, the coulds, the woulds, and the whys. I should have done that. I could have done that. I would have done that. I shouldn't have done that. How could I have done that? Or the whys, why did I do that? When we use it towards ourselves, it falls into a lot of judgment. We can oftentimes trickle some other words with it of self-defeating uh, thoughts and, and words towards ourselves, which we'll talk about more when we get into the, uh, the topic about judgment. But with this, the shoulds, the coulds, the woulds, and the whys. It again makes us feel trapped. It brings in other judgment towards ourselves, which is often critical. It's not supportive language. Uh, it's not something we would probably say to our grandmother, you know, say for example, I can't just say any family member because I know many of us um, out there have not the, the healthiest communication cycles with family. Uh, but you know, typically like the elders in our family, we can kind of be a little bit more calm with. So with that, when we place it on others, uh, it often discombobulates the communication as well. They often uh, will come back with a defensive response or um, feel misunderstood. And it can, again, further splinter the connection with the people around you and is often not an effective way to let them know really how you're feeling or what you're thinking. The whys are a whole different kind of beast of their own when we say why to ourselves, or when we say why to others the likelihood that it is going to come back with a defensive response is very high think about the nature of a why question it kind of requires a defense right you're asking a why but when we get a defensive response back we're not usually embracing it it kind of spirals again into a whole different avenue of communication. When we use the why questions towards ourself, it's almost like our adolescent self comes out for those of us. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because some adolescents weren't um, 
pushybacky, I guess. I don't think that's a word, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, but it's like this this uh, kind of defiant nature towards ourselves. When we ask ourselves a why, we come back in such a defensive nature for, for, you know, for what we're trying to defend. And so we get like in this boxing ring with ourselves. and how effective is that? So being on the lookout for the could, shoulds, woulds, and the whys. Encouraging yourself too to be considerate of maybe rewording and re-engaging your why questions towards self and others because again, it typically just leads to a defensive response. That's the nature of a why question. And then we often don't embrace a defensive response. It just spirals into a whole different avenue of things. So that is your open awareness that you can sit with over this next week and we'll continue to build upon that as well. One last thing before we wrap up today, and that is just a little breath technique for you as we continue to build our connection with breath and all the tools it's going to help us to maybe put in put into that wellness toolbox and how it also correlates to our work we're doing in mindfulness and further on down the line meditation. So this here is a way to just cool and soothe the body to release tension. If you remember on Mindful Monday at the end there, I took you through that brief it was kind of a what you would consider progressive relaxation, just going from the top to the bottom and releasing. We'll go into a deeper progressive, progressive relaxation in the future, but that brief episode we went through there, you could potentially feel how your body system was holding on to tension in places you weren't aware of and how maybe towards the end, even though I think it was only like five minutes, I'm not really sure I didn't look, but I think the meditation was maybe like five minutes even just that short period of time, how connecting to breath and connecting to breath and relaxation and releasing allowed maybe at the end of that you to feel that your body felt a little bit different. There was a little more space, a little more compassion, a little more uh, just relaxation and surrender. So this technique here is a way to help your body also release. Sometimes we hold on to tension with our breath like we've been talking about but also how it kind of holds that tension like we experienced on Monday with the body. So what this is, is it's just a four, four, eight count. And what you do with this is you just breathe in for a count of four, hold for a count of four, and then exhale for a count of eight. So I'll just take you through one cycle or maybe two cycles. How about we do two cycles? So again, just taking a nice deep breath when I start counting, and then you're gonna hold, and then you're gonna exhale. So kind of breathe in for one, two, three, four, hold, one, two, three, four, release, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, exhale. And now breathe in, one, two, three, four, hold, one, two, three, four, and exhale. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Thank you. And with that, again, that was just a short demonstration for you, two cycles, but you can do that for a few cycles. You don't even have to do it for like a minute long. You might feel a little lightheaded initially, but it's because you're letting your body actually release a little more of that oxygen we hold on to in a way that's not letting us just release that tension, release that uh, just build up in our body that the oxygen exhales helping us and trying to assist us in releasing. It also brings a little more awareness to our body system if we happen to be up in that chest breathing. When we just pause, let me just take ha ah, that nice deep breath, 
counting. The counting cycle helps quiet the mind, like we kind of saw in that dot dot experience. Uh, well, counting kind of does the same thing. It's it's letting us have space, as you saw with the one two threes, ABCs. It's hard to count and do anything else, or do anything else and count at the same time. So counting the breath also just gives space if you're wrapped up in one of those thought cycles that you're creating trees and branches, maybe forests, deep roots, all that other stuff we're, we're talking about and building upon. With that, that is our episode for today. I want to give you a little reminder that tomorrow I'm going to be putting out a special episode for Valentine's Day, and it's just going to be a guided meditation that I'll be doing on taking you to the river of love, connecting you to the divine love that is you. It is going to help you really connect and blossom and, and grow in this ability that is unconditional love towards yourself and towards others because again you are love so i will help to guide you to that connection and really help experience it so that it can continue to grow from there after that then our next episode will be our next mindful monday where we'll continue to work on some mindfulness practices in everyday life and i'll continue to help you understand further about what this is doing to your mind body and all that great stuff with that, again, thank you so much for joining me, and I hope that you join me in future episodes. If you're more interested in learning about what we do at my wellness center, please check us out. Our website, Serenity Wellness Center, C-E-N-T-R-E, like Center County, so serenitywellnesscenter.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date, and I do other kind of posts and stuff on there related to research articles and inspiration for your day. Uh, also, if you are local, we do uh, tomorrow. We also have embodied yoga with Jen Bauer at noon. And then we have our free Reiki circle tomorrow evening. And that starts at seven. Please register for those events if you plan to attend. And at the end of the month, whatever the last thir Thursday is, I should have checked the date, but I think it might be the 28th. Sorry, it's making noise on my microphone because I just tried to check the date, so I'm not going to do that. But whatever the date is, last Thursday of the month, I believe it is February 28th from 6.30 to 7.30. We have some amazing crystal bowl sound healing with Rosanna. If you haven't experienced that yet, I highly encourage you to come along and check that out. But again, please register if you plan to join us. Thanks again, everyone, for spending this time with me and sharing space. I look forward to continuing to talk with you and help you to build your wellness toolbox. Don't forget, it's different for everybody. So just tap in and listen. See what your body and soul needs for today. Have a great one. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.